Hi, this is Andy Stanley, host of the podcast, The Adoption Files. Today, I want to revisit a blog a post that I wrote a while ago about white, gray, and black market adoptions. I'll discuss toward the end of this why I feel like this is an important topic to revisit at this moment in time, but let's get started with just the basics text of the blog. Gray market baby. White market, gray market, black market. These are all terms I have heard when talking to people about being adopted. Prior to entering the online adoptee community, I had only heard these terms applied to goods like sugar and cigarettes during years of wartime deprivation. These were not terms I associated with people. So, how are each of these types of adoption defined? White market. A white market adoption takes place according to the relevant state and national laws. A child may have been placed directly with an agency by their parent or the courts or be in the care of the state. Some places require that the child be fostered for a set period before being available to adopt. The amount of time varies from state to state, country to country. These adoptions usually involve home studies and background checks. Post-adoption services vary from agency to agency, state to state. Gray market adoptions. A gray market adoption is a privately arranged exchange between the parent or parents and the adoptive parent or parents, usually with the assistance of an intermediary. An intermediary may... Sorry, an intermediary may be a doctor, a lawyer, or a religious figure. A home study is typically not done. Black market adoptions. A black market adoption is the exchange of a child for money or other goods. These adoptions are completely illegal. White market adoptions require prospective adopters to complete a long and involved process in order to adopt and the available children are often not infants. Waiting lists can be years long, unless adopters are willing to adopt an older child or a child with disabilities. The continuing presence of hundreds of thousands of children in foster care waiting for a home, while an estimated one to two million people are on waiting lists to adopt a newborn, provides a powerful testimony to just who exactly adoption truly serves. And I'll add a note here. It also says a lot about the actual motivation of the hopeful adopters. Is this truly being done in the best interest of the child? Are these people truly motivated by a desire to help a child who is in need? Now, since I wrote this, the numbers have changed a little bit. The current estimate in the United States is that there are about a million people waiting to adopt. There are approximately 117,000 children in foster care who are eligible to be adopted. The number that a lot of pro-adoption people use to justify adoption, that there are 400,000 or a million children in foster care. First, it's a gross exaggeration to say a million. And it also neglects 
to address the fact that many of these children, the majority of them, are not eligible for adoption because they're still attempting to reunite them with their families. And that should be the goal in every case is reunification. So even in legal adoptions, different levels of accountability are at play. While gray market adoptions are technically legal in many places, controversy abounds as to whether these adoptions are ethical. Gray market adoptions are notoriously difficult to monitor, with tremendous potential for illegal transactions to take place. Each jurisdiction has its own laws governing what monies or goods can legally be provided to the parent as part of the adoption. Relinquishment may take place shortly after birth with no post-adoptive services. Because of the huge number of prospective adoptive persons compared to the number of children available to be adopted through white market legal channels, the popularity of gray market and black market adoptions has reportedly skyrocketed in recent years. Stories of abuses abound. I have interviewed adoptees who discovered that their adoptions were ethically questionable. Mine certainly was. Uh, They've discovered that perhaps their gray market adoption was not completely legal. Some people have even discovered that they do not have a birth certificate registered with a state. So if you think that these things don't happen, you're not paying attention. The sad truth is that the adoption industry is not well regulated. There is no uniform set of global regulations governing the removal of a child from their family and making them as born to another set of people. Because of the scarcity of the most commercially desired infants, and yes, I do use the words commercially desired on purpose, available to be adopted, and the lack of oversight, a great deal of room for less than legal adoptions exists. Children in poor countries and children of poverty-stricken parents worldwide are especially vulnerable to exploitation by child traffickers resourcing infants for adoptive parents. The word resourcing is actually a word that I found when researching how these um, children are found for prospective adoptive parents. It's not my choice. It is the choice of the industry. They actually resource infants. White market, gray market, black market. In every definition I was able to find, a market is a source of exchange, usually for goods or money. It is a place for buying or selling. We use the language of economics to describe adoption, yet continue to deny that children are seen and exploited as commodities. As commodities, an adoptee is perceived as interchangeable in many ways, less than. They are acted upon rather than acted for. I recently read an article in the Vermont Law Review, which I include in a link if you visit the blog episode. The authors have written a fascinating and comprehensive analysis of child laundering that is well worth taking the time to read. I'm also including a link to an article from the New Indian Express reporting on the rise of gray market adoptions in India. 
How does this relate to our adoption files? The governing bodies continue to issue falsified documents in place of factual birth certificates. They continue to seal and make inaccessible a child's adoption records. This practice of erasure ensures that a person's origins may be easily obscured. In combination with this market mentality, they make exploitation easier. They make an adoptee's ability to identify and locate family, medical history, and personal history difficult to impossible. As long as a market for children exists, there will be abuses. As long as we are seen as commodities, our rights to our identities, our families, our cultures, our languages, our ethnicities will be downplayed or denied. The language of adoption, the practice of adoption needs to be changed. I had an incredibly difficult time writing this. I wrote, deleted, typed some more, deleted. The more I learned about how adoptions occur, the angrier I become. The heartbreak of adoptees who learned that their mothers were deceived or coerced into giving up their children, their families' heartbreak, the profits being made off the sale of people in an age where we supposedly know that selling people is wrong, the hubris associated with thinking a child is better off with, usually, a white family from a developed nation, the ethnocentricity, The denial of the fact that this is a person we are talking about, not a chair or a bicycle or a pizza. I just can't. If there are mistakes, my apologies. If some of the transitions are abrupt or my mind seems to have wandered, I can't read through the words again. My own adoption was arguably unethical, though legal. My mother was beaten and coerced by my grandparents to give me up. I was exchanged in secret My adoptive parents reportedly frightened that my mother would see them and change her mind. They had a plan to keep me, even if my mother had asked for me to be returned to her. You can argue that this is a thing of the past. I read posts and articles by adoptive parents with young children today. I can assure you that this still goes on. In fact, that's the reason why I thought that this topic was a good one to talk about today. With the war in Ukraine, we are seeing articles begin to pop up about Americans rushing to rescue Ukrainian orphans, efforts that are leading to child trafficking probes, because the Ukraine, in their Ministry of Social Policy, has published an announcement regarding the removal of and adoption of Ukrainian children to other countries, and most especially the United States. If you pull up their statement on child safeguards and intercountry adoption that was last updated on April 21st of this year, the Ukrainian Ministry of Social Policy has published a variety of official statements related to the impact of Russia's unprovoked war against Ukraine on vulnerable children and families. That is taken directly from their publication. It says the Ukrainian government has jurisdiction over decisions about Ukrainian children's safety and welfare, including granting permission to move them to a different country and approval of their temporary placement. 
At this time, they do not approve children for temporary travel to the United States, and they have also confirmed that adoption, including cases already in process, is not currently possible. So when you're seeing Americans, including our politicians, pushing for the United States to shelter these children with the goal of placing them in permanent situations in American households, they are urging yet another violation of Ukrainian sovereignty. They are making statements that are directly in contradiction with the wishes of the Ukrainian government. And if you are seeing Ukrainian children available for adoption at this point in time, that's illegal. You need to report whoever is encouraging this. You need to tell these American organizations and individuals who are flying to Poland or who are establishing GoFundMes or who are pushing to remove these kids, you need to tell them the majority of these children still have families. They are in crisis. They are suffering from a temporary situation that does not require a permanent solution of being completely severed from their families, their cultures, their countries, and explain to people that their attitude needs some adjusting. Another one of the problems that I've noticed besides this incredible opportunity for gray and black market adoptions to be occurring with children from the Ukraine is a recent list that was published by an adoption organization about the 20 easiest countries to adopt from. This list is incredibly problematic. When you consider that the majority of adoptive parents are white people who are middle and upper class. When you look at the list of countries that are ranked as the 20 easiest countries to adopt from at this point in time, you will see that these countries are almost all countries where children are black, brown, or Asian people, the number of countries that are Western European, number two of the 20 countries, two of them. So what you're looking at is transnational, transracial adoption. You are talking about people who are bargain hunting for babies, 
people who want to acquire a baby as fast as possible, people who are removing these children from their language, their customs, their costumes, their food, their geography, their extended family. And they're going to those places because they won't have to spend as much money. They won't have to take as much time. If you don't see a problem with that, I don't even know how to have a conversation with you. These lists exist because people are willing to engage in these extremely questionable practices. They see adoption as a solution to their infertility problems, as a way to engage in saviorism, as a boost to their ego, as a marketing ploy. There are so many problems that exist in plenary adoption. If you take just one of these countries as an example, and many countries have banned international adoption because of the rampant abuses that exist in the system. But let's just take one and look at how they describe these children and how you can go about adopting them. India, no visits required. And there are many orphans in need of families from infants to older children, special needs children and sibling groups. You don't have to visit. Nobody has to come to your house. And according to the site, there are many orphans. Now, perhaps the children are actually orphans Let's define orphan, shall we? Orphan, in the dictionary, is a person who has lost both of their parents to death. Okay? Orphan, according to the adoption industry and many evangelical organizations and other pro-adoption groups, will we'll define an orphan as someone whose parent has relinquished them, or someone whose parent is not able to provide them with care. Do you see a difference? These are paper orphans. These are people who are made orphans through the miracle of paperwork. They are not orphans in the sense that they have lost all extended family, all kinship ties. And Americans and other Western European people going to a country like India and adopting may be completely unaware of how India views adoption and how they view kinship ties. In many countries, many poor countries, children are placed in a, into orphanages as a temporary solution during a time when a family is struggling or the children may attend school at the orphanage because in some countries, the orphanage is the only place where free schooling is available 
to a lot of families. Parents may be unaware that the orphanage practices intercountry and transracial adoption and may be very surprised to show up one day to reclaim their child or to visit their child and find that they no longer have contact or custody. It's very complicated. Time constraints are another concern for a lot of people in Colombia, another one of the 20 easiest countries to adopt from. You can adopt in as little as six months if you have the money to do so. This is compared to the years that many people in the United States have to wait to adopt an, uh, an infant in this country. And this is all, again, while children eligible for adoption sit in foster care. Isn't that funny how that happens? Millions of people hoping to adopt and yet over 100,000 children who need a safe, stable home remain in foster placement? Hmm. Well, I've already been talking for 20 minutes and that's more than long enough I, just to listen to my voice. I just hope, if you've taken the time to listen to this, that you will do your own research. Look into the problems with private adoption, with white and gray and black market adoptions. When you hear of kids being available from other countries, think about why. Do some homework. Educate yourself. If you see Ukrainian children being offered for adoption, report it. If your church or your representative is pushing for Ukrainian children to be brought here, send them a quick note. Tell them that you don't agree and that Ukraine doesn't agree either. And most of all, don't engage in it yourself. You can vote with your dollar. Boycott the practice. Let's make gray and black market adoptions, especially completely non-existent. And let's closely examine the laws that regulate our white market adoptions. And most of all, keep in mind, again, we are defining adoption in economic terms because adoption is an industry, an industry that uses human bodies as the goods to be transferred. Thank you for listening. This has been The Adoption Files.